Welcome to the SBCA Podcast Component Connection. Looking at how businesses around the country are innovating to take advantage of opportunities in the construction supply chain. Now, here's your host, Sean Shields. Welcome, everyone. On the podcast today, we're joined by Bradley Hartman. Now, Bradley was born into the LBM business, and in 2011, he founded Behind Your Back Sales. Through his consulting company, he's spent a decade helping lumber and building material firms drive incremental sales and improve their marketing to builders. Now, recently, Bradley and I sat down to talk through an article series for SBC Magazine. We wanted to focus on sales in the component manufacturing industry. Now, today, we're going to talk about what motivated that article series and why sales is so important to focus on, even when your order file is, well, overflowing. Bradley, welcome to the podcast. Sean, I would rather be nowhere else than here with you right now. Great to be here. Right. That's the enthusiasm we're looking That's for. That's right. That's right. I'm bringing it today. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, well, let's start by talking about your job security. I, I'm sure that this is a, a topic that's easy to talk about. But, you know, when you and I first sat down, I told you the component manufacturing industry doesn't talk a lot about sales best practices. And what I'm curious is, are we unique or is this really a broader problem throughout the building supply chain? Sean, good question. Uh, I would say yes and no. Uh, yes in the fact that when we initially started talking, I had asked, you know, what had worked well within sales columns in the past when it came to, you know, this audience and component manufacturers. And you said, well, to some degree, there hasn't been a whole lot of discussion. So that initially drew me in. And again, I had lots of really unique, fun conversations uh, at the BCMC show in Columbus when I spoke there with you and the team uh, and the attendees. So that was great. So I think in some regards, yes, component man manufacturers are just a little bit different in the degree that they've really dove into this and focused on sales because there's other parts that now the behaviors might not indicate that they're doing anything differently, but they talk a lot more about it. So um, I would also say no, just in the fact that broadly in our industry, I see sales management and sales leadership it has not evolved in lockstep with the advances seen in operations, whether that's a technology or lean principles or just general operational sophistication. There's still a ton of, Sean, congratulations, welcome to the team. There's your truck over there. Here's a gas card. Here's a laptop. Now uh, go get her done, right? And there's still a ton of that going on broadly through, through our industry. Now, one of the interesting things for me and one of the areas I get most joy from is that when you have component manufacturers who are so operationally competent and they were in many regards excellent at the operational aspect of what they do, this mass customization, um, when they apply the same mindset to sales, they can see that this is a sales process. It's not art. We apply these processes to sales and you can see immediate differences. And I think for a consultant, I'm coming from the outside. We want people who are all in that want to make changes. And when they do so, um, they can really have some large transformations with some small changes that they're making. So that's what really uh, makes it really exciting. Good. Well, let's talk a little bit about your article. You know, in your first article, you focused on the business assumptions that might be driving a company's current sales approach. 
And if you don't mind, I'm going to read one excerpt from your article. Is that okay? I love nothing more than someone reading back to me what I've written. So yes, Excellent. Pl please proceed. You can dwell on how brilliant this stuff is. <laughs> this is fantastic stuff. <laughs> All right. It says, if constant demand for products and services over the past decade has resulted in the achievement of your sales objectives, has it also created complacent salespeople? Complacent salespeople take orders, they manage existing accounts, and build relationships through the WTF model, whiskey, tickets, and fishing. These activities are important, but they are different than selling. <laughs> now, first off, again, I think that is brilliant because it drives to the heart of the problem really succinctly. And it also raises a question in my mind. Did you come up with the WTF model or... Did you read that somewhere? That's a great question. And I will tell you this, I'm never above stealing great things from other places. Uh, so I stole part of it. I was talking to uh, a guy in our space and just in general, his name is Mark Boundy. And I was on his mm -hmm. podcast and we were talking about sales. And he just kept on referring to this whiskey and tickets model of sales leadership, whiskey and tickets. Mm -hmm. And he said it over and over. And I said, dude, there's something about that, that vowel sound in the middle. That sounds really good. But then I left and I'm like, well... I'm working with my clients all the time. They're also talking about fishing. And then when I put whiskey tickets and fishing together, the WTF jumped off the page and slapped me in the face. And then I put a pretend trademark next to it and I ran with it. So uh, I think it's somewhat original, but I, I certainly borrowed aspects of it. Well, good. Well, now you're slapping other people in the face with it. Good thing. <laughs> all right. So exactly. my real question really is, uh, how is selling fundamentally different than the practice of keeping your loyal customers happy? Yeah, so I like to kind of just think of this uh, a model when I think about sales and selling and account management and customer service. I, I, I like to rethink it as the, uh, the division of labor. And again, just like any other aspect of our business, these are choices that we get to make. And we have sales activities. They're over here. I'm waving my hand on the left-hand side, right? It looks great. And then I have account management here. And then I have customer service over here. These are three distinct activities. And in sales, sales, I really think about, can you create new opportunities? Can you identify latent pain points and creative solutions? Uh, can you present and persuade live and in person effectively? Can you negotiate and find a way to actually grow the pie instead of just slicing up smaller percentages of profit and overhead and things like that? And can you close, right? Those are specific selling activities and people who can do them consistently, whether they're growing existing, you know, wallet share, selling more to the same customers you already have, or going and stealing your number one competitor's top customer. Individuals that can do that, they are rare. In the marketplace in general, human beings as species, these people are rare. They should be paid accordingly and we should try to just remove obstacles and let them do what they're great at. Now, um, account managers and customer service reps, I want to make sure I do this very clearly. They are incredibly important. And you also have people that are great at these sort of things. However, I believe these are not rare skills. In marketing in general, we can find good people who are interested in the mission and your purpose, and we can train them and, can, and they can do these jobs reasonably well. But in our industry, we often call someone a salesperson and then we give them responsibility for some sales and then some account management stuff and then customer service. And if they are not true sales people who truly love to sell, they're going to drift towards doing the activities that are less stressful and less demanding. And those are taking orders and solving known issues with customers who they already you know, know, like, and trust. I mean, that's powerful right there because that's our industry in a nutshell. 
really. It's trying to keep that that customer happy and dealing with known problems, known challenges of known customers. The the idea of, you know, you mentioned in your response trying to take away a customer from a competitor. But I, I think there's another option, particularly for component manufacturers, and that's going after a, a brand new customer that nobody has. You know, a builder or yes. uh, an LBM dealer out there who currently isn't selling or using components, right? They're they're out there stick framing things. Yeah. And that that's another part that requires a true salesperson as well. Would you agree? Absolutely. No, I couldn't agree more. And you kind of, uh, with component manufacturers, I find that you have one of two conversations. And one of them says, well, Hartman, you know, I read, you, you know, you built a thousand homes with Pulte and you were a national purchasing guy. And well, guess what? You know, we're in name of relatively small or medium sized town. We don't have the national regional players here. So it's different here. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, they will say, well, the real opportunity and you know, sometimes we do fall in this trap of saying, well, let's just kind of play nice. They've worked with that builder forever. They have their favorite builders and we have ours and we don't really kind of challenge each other. That's not really my, my mindset. I'm like, hey, mm-hmm. let's, let's go on offense all the time. But then you also have these conversations where they say, well, now that you mention it, there's this whole host of people who are building different things that have never really experienced components and the value that can bring and the 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 lack of frustration and all the stuff that we can deliver value on all those opportunities exist. And then I'll say, Oh, well, great. You know, it sounds like what you're describing is everywhere we turn, there's opportunity and they'll say yes. And then, you know, not far after we might have this conversation about, well, all these do all these builders do is focus on price and it's a race to the bottom and it's not fun anymore. And, and, you know, you kind of, you kind of have the similar conversation. (laughs) Well, I think one of the other problems in talking about sales that we have currently is just the mentality of, you know, every component manufacturer right now has more business than they can handle. I mean, everybody's talking about longer and longer lead times, and it's just crazy out there. I'm curious from your perspective, why is now an appropriate or even, let's say, vital time for components or for companies to be reevaluating their sales approach? Uh, important and wonderful question, Sean. I think there's two reasons in my mind. The first is that customers are a choice and they're not all created equal. And we we always know this, but sometimes we fall into the trap of treating everyone like they're the same. And right now you are being forced, whether it's through allocation or time management or limited bandwidth, to choose who you truly wanna partner with. So I would say, don't, don't waste this crisis. Use this time to dump the customers who, you know, are, are a pain in the neck and they don't pay on time and they expect changes to be made for free. And even though the trusses are going to be delivered, you know, on Wednesday, Monday evening, they're calling in changes. You know, we know who these customers are, yet when you suggest that, what if you, you know, in a polite way, we're going to do it very nicely, but we should fire them. We should choose, We should let the competition have these annoying customers with low margins who don't pay on time. But you suggest this to folks and all of a sudden, let alone salespeople, but executive managers are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We need all, we, we love all our customers. And I was like, no, you don't. No, you don't. You do not. You know, so I would say use this time right now to invest in the more loyal customer because you have a wonderful excuse. Allocation, the market. I mean, it's all crazy right now. You can say whatever you want, right? Mm-hmm. I think now's the time to upgrade. And again, these are strategic choices and you have to be real clear on what you want, what you're willing to give up to get it and how you're gonna make it happen. So I think that's one. The other one is just, you know, once in a blue moon, I don't know, maybe once a decade maybe, uh, the power shifts 
away from buyers and to sellers. And this right now is one of those times. And you have the option, you have the choice to radically reset expectations. And you can talk about, uh, you can have a different conversations because, you know, every builder in town is probably knocking on your door, trying to figure out if you can help them. You now have the opportunity to reframe this argument, to get away from solely focusing on price and talk about value and all the unique things that you can do. But again, you got to be really clear on doing that because right now, I think for most people, we're running 100 miles an hour and then we're going to wake up and it's going to be October 1st and the builders are going to be saying, all right, kids, it's payback time. Guess what's coming, right? And so yeah. we got to, I think we really need to plan for it, but this is a really unique time and I know it's, it's stressful and it's crazy. And in some cases it's not fun, but I also think it's a really, really unique moment in time and uh, dare I say it, you know, in history. Yeah, no, dare to say it. I think whether you're talking about raw materials or just housing starts or COVID mm -hmm. or everything else, there's it's all history being made right now. Yep. So Bradley, let's leave with this question. Um, besides firing some of their customers, what is one other thing that a listener who maybe gets what you're you're putting down right now and wants to go about reevaluating their sales approach? What's one thing that they can do to start after listening to this podcast? Yeah, Sean, I think the one thing that I would encourage people to do is to challenge yourself to make time to call up your best customers and even maybe some of these customers that could be some of your best customers. Um, right now, builders are in so much pain right now. They are looking for any ideas and insights they can get. And while I know everyone is trapped for time, uh, you have the ability to make a call and say, listen, we shut off all the phones. We got with our best people in our organization. And for one hour, 60 minutes, we did nothing but think about how we can work most efficiently with you and to deliver our products to and through your company to help you make you more profitable and successful. Here's what we would like, given all the increases in pricing, we have a whole bunch of ideas, right? Some of them we already recognize aren't great, but some of them we think we can radically transform how we do business together. We'd like to spend one hour together, socially distant, but we're gonna come with a whole bunch of ideas and we want to reframe this conversation, not only in the short term, but the long term. Mm. If any builder today is like, mm, you know what, Sean, it's not a bad idea, but we're kind of busy. Then I would say, then you don't want this customer because right now everyone's looking for ideas and insights on ways that they can make, find and save money. And if you say, this is what we want this meeting for, and we're carving out the time for it. If they say no, then great, cross them off your list and either work them out of the system in the short term or the long term. But for those that do, realize this is an opportunity in a stressful time for them to come in and say, we're thinking outside of the box, we're trying to get as many ideas we can have to figure out how we collaborate close together. And it's not going just to come down on, hey, it'd be great if you could lower the price of the, you know, the trust package or the wall systems by 5%. That's not going to be the conversation, you know? Um, but I get it. Everyone's going to say, I'm really busy. And when times get, you know, when times return to normal, whenever that is, whether it's six months or a year, these meetings are tough to get. It's tough to get the attention of builders, but you can get it all right now if you want it, but you got to plan for it and you got to have a program for it. And the companies that are doing right now, they're finding that they're changing the conversation and builders are really appreciative. And, um, you know, how you treat people when, when they have very little leverage, which is what builders have right now, very little leverage, uh, can really determine a lot about 
how we work together and the trust that's built. So that's what I would challenge with. It's not easy, but it is pretty simple. Awesome. Well, Bradley, thanks for the insight and thanks for being on the podcast today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, uh, please give this podcast a favorable rating and share it with others. Also, consider subscribing to SBCA's Component Connection podcast on whatever platform you use. That way, you'll immediately know when we publish our next podcast. This has been a Component Connection podcast brought to you by SBCA. If there's a topic you'd like us to cover in a future episode, send it to podcast at sbcacomponents.com.